long and prosperous. Second to last thing. In the intro. What does it say? Uh, it's right before So Say We All. I have no idea what it says ever. Huh. Well, we'll have to find that out next time. <laughs> Thanks, Jarvin. Well, hello, everybody. This is episode 96 of A Play on Nerds and the very first live recorded episode of A Play on Nerds. Only 96 episodes in. I'm Jarvin. I'm Steve. Uh, next time I'll try not to interrupt the intro, but I was so excited this time to be doing it in this new format that I just couldn't help myself. Exactly. We can do it anything we want during the clips that are playing. We'll actually hear That's them right. live. That's oh. right. Now, so now you're like a radio DJ. Yeah, baby. And it's really hard. I have to like five hands going around. <laughs> but it's worth it because before I had to take like six hours to edit a regular episode. Now, instead, I just prep the episode like we normally would. We record it live. I can chop it throw it on the internet and you guys can have it really fast. And so that's the idea. So we can get more of these episodes out and they won't be such a, like uh, just a time suck and more just fun for Steve and I to do. And if there's anything truly heinous or terrible, of course he can still edit it. Yeah, I could just, uh, we'll try to avoid saying heinous and terrible things. Right. right, right. If, but if we really turn a corner, we can still stop it from making it to your ears. So <laughs> that's true. We'll still try to protect you to some capacity or another. No hate crimes. Or anything like that. <laughs> well, later in this episode, we're going to be talking all things spies and the Mission Impossible franchise because the new movie Mission Impossible Fallout is coming out soon. And I thought it'd be a little timely thing to do. And uh, as a consequence, I watched all of the Mission Impossible movies over the weekend. Um, it was kind of painful uh, at, at times, but a fun at other times. But uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah. But until then, today is Stephen's birthday. That's right. Today is July 9th, my birthday. How old are you? Uh, I turned 32. I knew that, but 32 the years young, still kicking, still learning, still refusing to grow up. Absolutely. Steve Babbitt. I don't feel like an adult still at 32. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm figuring it out. You got a baby and stuff. But that's, no, no, but that's the real trick of like adulthood is that really adulthood is to realize that everyone's making it up just like you. That's true. They only pretend to have it actually going on. That's what adulthood is, is making that realization. <laughs> well, I've made that realization all right. See, then you're an adult. <laughs> oh, good. It's depressing. Bam. See, nailed it. <laughs> so what have you actually been up to since our last episode? The last one was um, Battlefield Earth. Was that our last one? Yeah, that was. That Goodness. was. Uh, we did a nice weekend at Grandma's, which uh, led to us having a date night where my wife and I went to go see Deadpool 2. Nice. Which was so good but really what i gotta talk about is that we had our first run-in and experience with reserved seating theaters oh i love them i don't do anything else now um so yeah the ticket price was a little bit elevated and we had to reserve seats and i was like oh okay i guess that's fine so we get in but then the auditorium really only has 32 seats maybe yeah a lot less seating now that's for sure but all of them were nice recliners with buttons 
that made them go up and down and cup holder with arm tray. Like it was a very nice experience. And I guess I'm on with you in that, man, I'll do it like that always if I can. Absolutely. A real quick, a story about those reclining seats is that, uh, my girlfriend, Kate is kind of personal. I'm sure she'll love me telling the story, but, uh, Good. she has kind of painful times of the month. If you, that makes sense. Uh, and not yes. a lot can fix it besides just laying down, being comfortable, get her some hot tea, let her get through it, you know, but it's very painful. But we went to see a movie and it suddenly kicked in and she was like, oh goodness, it kicked in right now. But we get to the reclining seat theater that we love to go to and she mm-hmm. reclines the seat back and she says, oh my God, this is the perfect position. I, I don't feel pain. <laughs> so <laughs> we've now made a tradition that if she's going to be at her time of the month, we go to see a movie at that theater so she can have two hours of just like no pain and relaxation. <laughs> oh, good. Is it a Regal Cinema near you? Um, I have no idea what it was. It's up by Anna's mom's place, so I don't know. Oh, gotcha. Um, but yes, that was real fun. Deadpool 2, two also very good. Um, I went to and spent the day at uh, the DMV here to finally get my license switched over. From, from Seattle or New York? From New York. Right. So... I have never experienced a DMV this bad ever in any place I've lived. But they're all bad. Seven hours. What? I got there a half hour before they opened, thinking that I would be the majority of the crowd. Not all the crowd, but the majority. Right. I was in the first 50% of the line. I spent two hours waiting to get up just to see the person who basically makes sure that you're in the right place and you have the right documents to be there. Jesus. Then that screener then sent me to a line to get registered and then get in another line to make an appointment. (laughs) That line was two hours. So then you have an appointment and then I waited another hour and 45 minutes for my appointment to be called. Jesus. (laughs) This on a weekend or something? No. So here's the thing. Even the people that worked there seemed really surprised how busy it was. Huh. Maybe it's just a like random I, fluke or something. Yeah, it could have just been a fluke or a crazy day or something. But everyone there was kind of bum-rushed by it, too. Um, so here's the thing. Once I talked to someone, like once I had my appointment, quote-unquote, I was done in 20 minutes. <laughs> God. <laughs> so why was it taking so long for everyone else? Well, no, it was just getting to talk to that person. Right. It was like five and a half hours. My God, I've never had to take that back. long. Or six hours, but yeah. Because once I talked to that person, I was like five minutes with them, 10 minutes to take the written test, five minutes to get the photo, five minutes to get the temporary walk away. Now, I have to say our Canadian and British listeners, please let us know, first of all, what the DMV, Department of Motor Vehicles, is called in your country. But yes. also, does it take that long? Or is your system so much better than ours like everything else? And so, like, it made me miss New York. And yes, New York is notorious for, like, being, oh, the New York DMV. But they've really digitized everything now. If you come prepared and get a appointment, which are plentiful, right? you you can be in and out in an hour. There some, should be some reward for being so prepared, as in getting right, to right. see someone quickly. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Every step of the way, that was the other thing that really aggravated this DMV experience, was that every step of the way, someone was like, every employee sort of made it alluded to, well, I guess you wish you would have made an appointment, huh? <laughs> <clears throat> so I looked, you know, three weeks ago, 
and looked at an appointment. And the first appointment was August 15th. Oh my God. Months right. away. I was like, so that's not an option. No. Um, so like, it was just hurtful for them to be like, man, you should have had an appointment. <laughs> you assholes. I hate you. <laughs> I would have had one, you sons of bitches. <laughs> that's terrible. Well, at least you got through it. That's right. That's right. I did. And then I got my ID and I'll be damned if they didn't get my birthday wrong. And now I've got to get it corrected. Oh my God. Can you do that by mail or something? I don't know. I'm going to call. I'm not even thinking about it today. <laughs> so you do that today or was that recently? I got it today in the mail. Oh, okay. So you didn't do that today though. That wasn't seven hours. You spent no, no, on your no, birthday. That was, no, no, no. That was uh, a week and a half ago. Gotcha. Well, that sounds <clears> I just awful. got it in the mail today. Uh, and then for my birthday weekend, I went out and had a small lunch with a couple friends, which was nice on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, we went and had our first members only hours at the Children's Discovery Museum in San Jose. Nice. Little kitty like that. Yeah. Basically, Joyce and 30 other children uh, had run of the whole place for, you know, the first hour. All the germs in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> only 30 other germs in the world. Of course. In this case, they have like 600 other children there. You're just strengthening your child. That's true. Exposure therapy. Right. <laughs> Does she have fun? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They've got a big like water experience thing where the kids wear aprons and then water streams shoot balls up into chutes and balls run down chutes and water and goes through a wheel. It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> that sounds cool. It's so fun even for the parents. It's so fun to watch them like experience this insane thing. <laughs> And it's kind of sciencey and, you know, informative, not just, you know. It's not quite a science museum. It's still a children's discovery museum, but a lot of it is. It's like intro it's, to science. Right. It's as sciencey as kids can get. Right. Um, we did that. And then I had D&D last night. Beautiful. And we finished a big boss. And I got as an unofficial birthday present from my DM. Sean, who doesn't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. Uh, he gave me, I, I've had this black arrow that was like my character's signature token for a long time. Mm -hmm. he, he promised me it would come into play. And I thought I'd, I basically thought that I had lost that opportunity <clears throat> and it finally came into play and my arrow got imbued and is now the echo. Ooh, what's that which do? means that uh, every two rounds it deals necrotic damage. Nice. And it has the opportunity to hit an additional target within 30 feet. Wow. It's a good bounce, basically. Yeah. It, it's like a ricochet shot. I can I can crit on it. I have to roll an, a separate hit for it. I can crit on it, but none of my other bonus stuff really attaches to it. But it's still killer. That's awesome. And, and what level is that now I, you're at? Um, We are... I'm... Uh, two sessions away from level. I'll be level seven very shortly. Nice. <laughs> Getting along. But finally. Yeah. So yeah, as, as an unofficial birthday present to me that the DM made that happen. That's a good idea to incorporate actual birthdays into rewards in game. Yeah. 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 It was very nice. Well, that's um, funny. Cause uh, I just leveled up my character finally in a one campaign and I finished uh, another campaign of Pathfinder. Uh, we reached godlike level of level 20. 
<laughs> Basically, every we and the problem was we started the game uh, both multi-classing, not in a typical sense, but we have all the powers of two classes because there were only three of us playing. So there wasn't right. enough of us to like make a full group. So you want to make us strong enough to survive the encounters. But then someone else joined the group and they were also double classed. Um, I forgot what they call it. There's a name for it. But anyways, so we get to the final boss and this monk character in our group, he's so powerful. He got behind the dragon, this final dragon we were facing, and he punched it to death in one turn. <laughs> the final <laughs> boss. And then we're just all like kind of like our shoulders just slumped. We're like, that was really anticlimactic. <laughs> so I started a new character in a new campaign. So that's that's fun. Oh, well that, that's, that's always a fun new adventure. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no good. It sounds like we both had good nerdy times. Exactly. I also uh, saw Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which uh, was all right. About what I expected. I've heard it's all right. It was entertaining, but nothing profound that I'll remember. Nothing amazing like the first one or even the second one, which I liked a lot. Right. So, yeah, I didn't do anything for the 4th of July, but I don't know if you did either. You said you did something. Uh, we, went to, we went to a small cookout oh, nice. at a friend's place. Very That's nice. about it. At least you did something. Yeah, we did something minor. We did parent stuff, you know. <laughs> As one does. You know, you know how you do. Good, good times. Right, well, does that take us into some nerdy news? It does. It's time for <laughs> nerdy news. Yeah. All right. So, what you got for us this week, buddy? Uh, so, this week, uh, I've got two stories that jointly I'm going to call out of retirement. So one is that Billy D. Williams, original actor of Lando Calrissian, has finally confirmed that he will be coming back as Lando Calrissian in episode nine. Oh, fantastic. Uh, rumors were a buzz when uh, he had to cancel some Comic-Con stuff due to what he said was conflicts with a movie schedule. Mm. And rumors went crazy and he finally confirmed. It kind of makes sense because people didn't really respond to Solo very well, but they really responded to Lando in that movie. So it kind of that's true. If he's the breakaway, that that's fine. Yeah, that's badass. I'm sure Billy D. Williams would love a big fat Disney paycheck. (laughs) He could probably use one. (laughs) He's just sitting in a a giant pool of forty bottles, (laughs) Colt forty-five bottles all around. Well, what have we here? <laughs> a Disney check. All right. <laughs> he falls over a couple times. Hold on. I'm coming to sit. Why are you dying of laughter? <laughs> this mental image is just brilliant. <laughs> I just love that. Well, what have we here? <laughs> I wish I had a clip of that. <laughs> I wish oh my god anyway that's, that's, that's good news he's announced that good news we get more of him we get possibly more of uh what's his name glover maybe i wish there'd be more the solo movies character. but they freaking it bombed it bombed hard i mean not in the scheme of things i think it made back its money i think but just didn't make enough money to merit a sequel yeah. but it was really good i really liked uh, it and then my second story is not really a nerd news story, but it was just one of the stories that I kind of got a giggle out of. Uh, this uh, UFC fighter and mixed martial arts fighter, Matt Sarah, who's like a legend 
like I, you know, has won some crazy matches, some crazy turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, welterweight champion. He's in Vegas to get in- induced into the UFC Hall of Fame. Induced and uh, inducted. 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 He's going to induce a coma. He's inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. So the night before, he's out at a nice dinner, and another patron who is clearly drunk starts yelling and abusing wait staff and threatens a member of the wait staff. And Sarah goes over, confronts him. The guy swings at him, not really knowing who he's dealing with. And then the video of the story picks up with the man just shirtless on, on his back with Matt Sarah just straddled, just full straddle on top of him, controlling his arms, just saying, calm down, calm down. <laughs> Well, this man is telling him he's going to, like, destroy him and he's going to sue him. He's like, nope. <laughs> just yeah, calm yeah. down. Yeah, calm down. He's just holding him down like a child. <laughs> like a screaming infant, just holding him down. And then uh, finally security show up. They restrain the man. He is clearly super intoxicated. Uh, but, yeah, I just thought that was that was appropriate. I really don't to, apologize like, to, like, for that night. I was really drunk. <laughs> that's right Charmin like a shirtless baby you you calm down you son of a bitch <laughs> I only get you son of a bitch <laughs> <coughs> that waitress spit in my food I know it it's not my fault they ran out of lobster ravioli <laughs> so, so sir, this, you can eat this is a steakhouse sir there's no lobster whatever I don't care <laughs> <laughs> so what did I take out of that tank <laughs> Sir, that was a turtle. It was a pet. It's delicious. <laughs> I brought my own shell cracker and bib. <laughs> Sir, where did you get those? Did you just have those at home? Of course you do. I have a collection of them. Yeah. Oh, man. Son of a bitch. That's the reality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's out of retirement. Out of retirement. Well, what have we here? Some lobster. (laughs) (laughs) Realities collide. All right. So (laughs) my nerdy news, I called Caveman Crab Monsters. Caveman Crab Monsters. Ooh, I love that. All right. So at the University of California, San Diego, UFCSD School of Medicine, uh, they are using Neanderthal DNA and they're implanting it into robot bodies. To grow mini brains where they plan to test their ability to learn. Uh, what? <laughs> so basically, they're calling them Neanderthal organoids, which are these pea sized brains that will they be growing. Okay. And they're doing it by combining human stem cells with Neanderthal DNA and putting them into these crabs looking robots, little tiny crab robots, and oh. seeing how fast they can learn to move around and learn things about their environment. Um, normally this would sound terrifying because that's like creating an artificial intelligence out of real DNA, but they can't grow bigger than pea size because they don't have blood or nutrients flowing to them. But in the future, they said they could, uh, use bioprinted blood vessels to make these pea sized brains grow into regular sized Neanderthal brains and put them into robots. Uh, (laughs) this is happening. Okay. So a lot of questions. All right. Uh, so when do they take over? <laughs> Probably soon. 
uh, who do I bow to? <laughs> and what language do they speak? They speak uh, cave, caveman. <laughs> okay, caveman. Uh, one thing interesting they found about these caveman neurons as they're growing, uh, they act more like um, the brains of autistic humans in that their neuron uh, pathways don't interact the regular way, but more like a person who's autistic. So they think that cavemen more behaved and acted as if as modern day autistic people would kind of like um, hmm. just, you know, more analytical, less emotional, uh, less uh, social cues, that kind of thing. Probably might be part of the reason why they died out if they were all like that. There's, there's no way of building a community as strong as like regular homo sapiens if they're all hmm. autistic minded. But it's interesting. So they're, uh, yeah, crab like robots. I thought they wow. sold crab at this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this is weird because normally you bring the Hollywood, I know, <laughs> and like excite piece stories, and I bring the nerd news stuff, like the real hardcore stuff. And this week we switched it up on accident. I love it. I thought you'd be proud of me. I, I am proud of you. Oh, good. I hope you're proud of me. I am always. <laughs> so are we ready to move on to some spy stuff? Yeah. So as Jarman mentioned, we are going to be talking about. Some spy stuff. <laughs> Some spy stuff. Yeah. Uh, specifically in honor of Mission Impossible's uh, new release, whatever the hell it's called. Fallout. Fallout, which is apparently already wildly popular and getting good reviews, apparently. They all make a lot of money, it seems. They all make all the money. We just keep shoveling into Tom Cruise's face. <laughs> just funding Scientology <laughs> indirectly. That's right. No, pretty directly. <laughs> Yeah, pretty directly. Um, but to get us in the spy mindset, I took a look at some uh, interesting cases of spy tactics and spies throughout uh, history and some interesting cases. And so North Korea has abducted what has been estimated to be about 485 people from all over the world. Italy, France, the Philippines, China, Japan, lots out of Japan. Wow. They come back and most of their stories are that they were required to teach spies at schools languages and mannerisms in their own country? No, no, no. While they were in North Korea. Oh, yeah. Um, so that was like a lot of the reason that they take people is to train their spies. So they'd abduct like an Italian guy and then take him there and he, they force him to teach them about, you know, Italian culture and yeah. mannerisms. Okay. Yeah. Most of the stories have come back from uh, returned Japanese prisoners. Mm. that's crazy um, yeah another uh, interesting case in the 60s um, the CIA invested in this project called Acoustic Kitty sounds mean so it was so they decided they're going to use cats to spy on the Russians <laughs> okay so they, they take these cats and they, they implant uh, microphones in their ear canals and these little radio receivers on the back of their near the back of their skulls. So they can act as little, basically, you know, walkie talkie transceivers. Mm, poor kitties. Uh, yeah. Poor kitties indeed. So they have this one cat. They're doing their first test run. They tested on American soil. And so they're going to test it on a Russian embassy in DC. So, they, they want to listen in on these two guys in front of the embassy. They release the cat and it immediately gets hit by a taxi. Oh my God. That's terrible. <laughs> so this is the first of multiple failures, which 
led to it just basically being canceled in 67. Oh, look at little kitty coming close. Oh, no, hit by car. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> but in total on the books, uh, the, the U.S. government spent and the CIA spent $20 million on acoustic kitty. Oh, you said the American government? I thought this was still North Korea for some reason. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The CIA. Oh, God, that's terrible. Damn, Mark. It's spy on the Russians. Uh, and then uh, interesting fact that apparently came out years ago, and I just missed it. Um, Ernest Hemingway has been revealed to be a failed Russian spy. Really? The KGB. Uh, yeah, he met with agents a few times in the 40s in both Havana and London who in their early records indicate that he was very willing and very excited to help them. But then after future meetings, notes were, were added uh, that he has, he has no information to offer us and has shown no sign of actually doing any spy work. Cause all he would do is drink and write. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, failed spy for the Russians. Cause he sits in his house, drinks and writes with his six toed cats all around him and doesn't do anything else. Uh, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about the history of some spies that you and I grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us grew up with without even really realizing it. And that is the black spy and right and white spy from spy vs. spy Hell in yeah. that magazine. So uh, this cartoonist Antonio Prohias, I'm sorry. I tried. I think that's right. Um, was a Cuban cartoonist in the fifties. Uh, and then bam, Fidel Castro's revolution hits suddenly being a political cartoonist not super not super great mm-hmm. uh, three days before Castro nationalizes all remaining media that he doesn't already control um, this guy uh, Antonio grabs his family flees to the US six weeks later he's in New York in Mad Magazine's headquarter office with his his daughter translating for him showing his drawings these preliminary sketches of spy versus spy. Wow. And they buy it and he has been featured in, and these spy versus spy though, it's been taken over by another cartoonist since his death um, has been in almost every episode of mad sense. That's crazy. And they're still making mad magazine. I think, I think they are too. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, So the characters of the spies were based on an earlier character. He did called El hombre sinestro or the sinister man. Um, who the illustrator once uh, described as uh, the the, t- the cartoonist, uh, a man who wouldn't think anything of chopping the tail off of a dog or the leg off of children. Jeez. It's like a real bad, terrible man. But then his whole idea for the cartoon centered around that if these two ultra evil men only did terrible things to each other, that no one would care about all the terrible things he had them do. Right. And he was right. <laughs> god i remember those from my childhood i had those like mad magazine books like compilations of everything and reading oh yeah those. my favorite part was always the fold it in the back what was that Where you folded you you folded the two lines and it created a secret picture oh that was my favorite thing to like fold it and get the line just right to see the silly face or to see you know like it was all good it was all beautiful <laughs> it's pretty awesome uh, there is a gray spy who shows up occasionally, and for a short run, the cartoon was renamed to Spiver Spiver Spy. Oh, wow. Uh, she is a woman, and though she shows up rarely, most of the time when she does show up, she wins because she uses her feminine wiles against the two, the two other spies. 
at least there's some inclusion there. That's right. Um, but uh, Spider Spy has has spawned a board game, four different video games, a animated version that was on uh, Mad TV, like interludes, a series of popular Mountain Dew commercials from I think like right when we were got getting out of high school, um, and has become part of like you know common culture. Spy yeah. versus Spy. It's so weird because I was listening to a podcast the other day of the guy who made that into a movie. Yeah, it was pretty popular. Yeah, just incredible. Uh, so, yeah, to get us in the spy mindset, some spies in history and spy versus spy. And what better than spy versus spy? Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So now we're going to talk a little bit about Mission Impossible. <laughs> Still going. I love this theme so much. All right. I actually had the CD to the soundtrack when I was a kid. It was so good. You're just going to drown me out with that the rest of the episode, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I didn't force Steve to watch all these movies because he actually has a life. Um, <laughs> yeah, and a child. And a child. So I just do a brief rundown of this franchise and kind of what it's done. Um, one thing I wish I could have done if I had like a time machine to somehow stop time, would just go back and watch all the original series, the TV series um, from the sixties. And there were, there were quite a few seasons, weren't there? There was. And it also had someone in Star Trek history. Leonard Nimoy was in a ton of episodes and he was the master of disguise. Um, he was kind of the one using the masks and disguises throughout that show. Some of our older listeners maybe might have watched that growing up, maybe in syndication. Um, I never saw it. I don't think once. But uh, one big thing that was a point of contention when they were going to make this new series of films, or at least the mm-hmm. first, the one film, because they weren't sure about the series yet, was right. that wanted the original cast to come back. Because it was only 1996, which is only 30 years after the series started. Um, so a lot of the cast was still alive. Uh, especially Martin Landau, who was apparently big in there, and... Um, uh, Peter Graves, who played Jim Phelps, right. uh, and Leonard Nimoy was still around too. So, of course, yeah, yeah. But the opening scene, they wanted to kill off everyone from the original cast, <laughs> and so they were all like, "No, nope, oh, that's right, we're not going to do it." So they decided not to take part <laughs> in it. So they kind of redid everything with uh, a whole group of new group of people, and Jim Phelps being played by John Voight being the, right. the head of um, the IMF, the Impossible Mission Force, as it's called. <laughs> I couldn't believe that's right. what it was called. It's hey, this wanted to let you know exactly what it was. Kind of cheesy, yes. Yes, kind of cheesy. only once through the whole series of films is um, uh, Mission Impossible ever said, and that's by Anthony Hopkins in the third film, I believe. Maybe the second one? It was second film. I don't think, I don't think he's in the third film. The second one <laughs> It was the second right. one, yeah. And he says, he's putting him on a mission, and he's like... Well, that sounds impossible, Tom Cruise says. And Anthony Hopkins says, well, this isn't Mission Impossible. It's Mission Impossible. And it's like, what the fuck? That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> yeah, so stupid. So uh, the first one, I was just shocked to watch it again because how young Tom Cruise looks. We think he doesn't age, but if you go back and watch this, he looks freaking young. He's like a baby. Does Ving Rhames look like an infant? Ving Rhames still looks just exactly the same <laughs> as he did back then. <laughs> 
Uh, Brian De Palma directed this one. So they had a lot of faith in this movie because he did Carlito's Way, The Untouchables, Scarface, right. Black Dahlia, a lot of crime thrillers. So I, I really like this movie. Do you remember liking this, I think, right? Yeah, this one was okay. I remember it being slow. I remember the N64 game being terrible. Oh, yes. I liked playing that. You had the sort of masks you put on and stuff. And oh, there were so many menus, though. And the graphics were terrible. <laughs> then you switch over to your gun menu and you switch to the dark gun. And then you switch over to your face menu and put on the glasses. And then you're like, God damn Because they did not want to make it easy for combat. It was like espionage. I just want to chop people. <laughs> Slappers only, GoldenEye. <laughs> exactly. But uh, they had the TV show style opening, which was cool. Uh, a lot of floppy disks. <laughs> and they had the, they had beginnings of the internet. He goes into Usenet forums and stuff looking for things. It's so funny because it's like, this mm. is ridiculous. But I really liked it. Very film noir style. So then we get to the second one. And they have John Woo direct this one, <laughs> which is the guy who did Face Off. Right. Uh, Paycheck, Broken Arrow. A lot of movies that eventually he started making movies that went straight to like Blockbuster, basically. Um, but so much action and explosions. It's the exact opposite of the first one. It's kind of ridiculous, much less intellectual. Uh, but some fun stuff about this: Do Gray Scott, who plays the villain, uh, they had a lot of overtime filming for this movie. That went, uh, they had to do reshoots and stuff, so he couldn't play Wolverine in the first X Men movie. Uh, so only because hmm. of that did we get Hugh Jackman and have him for right. Wolverine for years and years and years. <laughs> so I'm thankful for this movie for that. That's true. That was a good choice overall. Yeah. And originally they wanted um, Ian McKellen in the part that Anthony Hopkins played, uh, but he wasn't able to accept the role because of a theater engagement. So it went to Anthony Hopkins and the overruns from this movie would have stopped Ian McKellen from not only doing X-Men, but also from doing Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. (laughs) So good call. Thank God (laughs) that didn't happen. Uh, And the ridiculous part. This is the most money that Tom Cruise has ever made from a film uh, because he jumped on the board for producing and got a lot of back end on it. So he Uh made $75 million personally just from that film alone. Wow. Isn't that insane? (laughs) That's incredible. It feels wrong. That's more than The Rock makes. I know. and Because Tom Cruise has become a genius as far as producing and taking charge of the films that he's in. He's very controlling. Um, He gets good people and does good work, but it's still, it's kind of creepy the amount of control he has um, oh yeah it's incredible I, I yeah <laughs> he's creepy as it is so man, whatever <laughs> so the only movies i've really seen are the first the third and like maybe part of the most recent oh okay yeah the third's good thing you've seen because the third i thought was really good um it's jj th- abrams did that one yeah jj a jj b great villain for once right philip seymour hoffman so good he wasn't just used enough it. for that movie. They could have had more of him. Oh, yeah, but he was just enough. So like He was there exactly when he needed to be, filled exactly the role. He was present. And for a guy who is otherwise not imposing or threatening, yeah. he played a man, a man, a subtle man of power. Yeah, if you watch him in Boogie Nights great. where he's like goofball pothead, and then you see him in this, you're like, Jesus, I would have turned around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we miss you. Absolutely. We miss you, bud. And actually, that role was going to be going to Kenneth Branagh, but Ooh. he had shooting delays from another film, so from As You Like It. So they had instead uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, which I'm so glad they did. Um, 
But the budget of $150 million was the most expensive movie ever undertaken by a first-time feature film director, J.J. Abrams. Wow. That was his first movie. Well, they bet on the right horse. Yeah, now look at him. He's just a huge powerhouse. Uh, and then after that, the next like five films are just kind of a mishmash to me. Five films aren't <laughs> that many, luckily. <laughs> the next 12. Next oh, two. I have to mention something that I thought was really funny. Um, mm-hmm. This is just a little trivia note. Tom Cruise allegedly threatened to cancel publicity for the film if Comedy Central rebroadcasted the, um, the South Park episode Trapped in the Closet, a.k.a. Ooh. the Scientology episode that satirizes Scientology and mocks Cruise's sexuality. Um, the reason is Comedy Central is owned by Viacom, which is the parent company of Paramount Pictures, and Mission Impossible 3 was distributed by them. So the wow. episode was indeed pulled off the air. Trey Parker and Matt Stone, creators of South Park, said they were called by Comedy Central and told the episode we pulled off the air, and they were also told not to say anything about it to anybody. <laughs> wow. Isn't that crazy? That's like, uh. Anyways, fun story. Synergy. Synergy. So then they drop the numbers and go Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol in 2011. Yeah. Uh, this one was directed by Brad Bird, who had before that not really done live action. Um, he did Ratatouille and The Incredibles. Um, I think he did a, a 21 Jump Street first mm. and then this one to get his, his cred for like an actual live action film. Well, but that's that's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I think he came back for Incredibles 2, which is out now. Uh, um, but I think Ghost Protocol, out of all of them, was the best one. Uh, is that the one where he runs and he jumps off the thing? <laughs> he uses that's every film, <laughs> like a, a tech thing to swing. No, 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 but this one he swings and then he the thing breaks and he's got to cut it and then he's on another thing. He's sliding down another thing. That's also every film. God damn it! <laughs> well, every film does have a big set piece, and that's. Also, a really funny part of all the trivia of these films is that, and also pissed off the original series cast, they eventually kept interviewing like Martin Landau and Peter Grace before he died about these movies. Literally, the directors keep bringing in these action set pieces they want to do, and then they write scripts around that. So they're not even like written for the sake of story continuity or in being, you know, coherent plots. They're just like, okay, we want to jump off a plane. We want to jump off this cliff. How do we build a story around that? And then they do it. Uh, but this wow. one, yeah, that's where they, um, it's the tallest building in the world. The uh, Burj Khalifa, I think it's called. The one that's in the United Arab Emirates. Yeah. This is where Liz he's Khalifa. like jumping off of that thing. Um, and they had Jeremy Renner coming in as um, Agent Brandt. He was supposed is to Hawkeye? be. Yeah, Hawkeye. He was supposed to be, in theory, replacing Tom Cruise eventually. If Tom Cruise wanted to drop out of this, they could replace him with Jeremy Renner and continue the series. But it, it's okay. Uh, they did the same thing with Bourne and yeah. Jeremy Renner, and audiences also said, "Nah." They did it twice because <laughs> he's great as like a side character guy, but I don't see him as like Mister Live, Mister you know, featured actor. I don't know. He's just not Here's that thing. charming. Well, no, I think he he is a good subtle actor. The problem is is that they keep throwing him into these action roles. That's true. When I'm like, just dude, sit in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, do some subtle acting. He was great in have a, um have a scene with someone. The one about the Osama bin Laden raid, wasn't he in that one? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. He's he's good though. He's just he's not that good looking either, so he's not really good at leading man. Oh, I think you're thinking of Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> but that one had a pretty forgettable villain. Um so that wasn't really a good part of it. There's great character stuff, really funny because Brad Bird's good at being funny and making an ensemble cast enjoyable. So that was right. really cool. And that was also where they entered in either that one or before it's where Simon Pegg came in. 
Um, oh, I do like the Simon Pegg in the parts of those I've seen. Right. And he's been really good. I, yeah, he was in the three as well. So he's been in the last three, four movies, whatever. Um, so the final one that came out before this new one coming out is Mission Impossible Rogue Nation 2015. Yeah, rogue thing. I had not seen that one before. Uh, that one's directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who usually writes action movies, but this is his first directing project that he did. Um, but it was very entertaining, very slick, very generic, I thought. Um but very fun, just like all very of them. mass appeal, very mass appeal, less intellectuality. Like the first one was so intellectual and convoluted. And then they just got, it got really silly with the second one and then kind of just became very generic going forward. Um, but yeah, Tom Cruise, Simon Pegg, uh, what a funny stuff was there. Oh, so the stunt coordinator told Simon Pegg that Tom Cruise was going to do all the driving because he didn't have a driver better than him. <laughs> Because wow. throughout all this, Tom Cruise does most of his own stunts. He tries to up it every single time. Uh, Rogue Nation was the one where he popularly was hanging off of a giant plane, and he was doing that himself with protective cables that were cut out later in editing. But, but I, know, I know he's broken ribs, and he broke an ankle on this last one, I think. Yeah, he's basically like Jackie Chan in this stuff, like he's doing all his own stunts. So he's pretty crazy. In this most recent one, he learned how to fly a helicopter. So in the helicopter stunt scenes, it's actually him flying, so they can get a picture of him. Uh, actually flying them. So it's crazy. And when training for the underwater scene in Rogue Nation, Tom Cruise was able to hold his breath underwater for six minutes. That's ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> He's in perfect physical condition at 50 years old. Um, but in Rogue Nation, they also introduced the syndicate, which was a popular thread of the actual villains that were ongoing during the show. Right. So it was the first time they actually introduced them. And they're apparently going to be in the next movie because one of the characters in the syndicate from this movie was in the preview for this next one, Fallout, coming out. So overall, I watched all of them in quick succession and they started running together because they got pretty generic after a while. Yeah, I don't I'm recommend sure. it. And I even invited people to come over to do this with me and no one wanted to come because that's right. Nobody Everyone was interested. Better. I was like, I'll have snacks. Come on over. And no one wanted to come. <laughs> that's right. Everyone knew better than to come. I know. It was pretty bad. Then, so then to trust you. Next time I'll do a better film franchise for a movie marathon. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see how the next one is. Uh, I'll have to go back and watch some of the old series so I can see some Leonard Nimoy. But I'm done yapping. That's uh, all for me. So <laughs> now we have coming up soon in one second. If I can find the music. Oh, no. Wait, hold on. This is a live broadcast. This is so That's cool. Right. This is really Do you neat. want me to fill time with something. <laughs> hold on. Do you I got, want me to? Uh, 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 I got this. I have. I, I can talk about some other spies. I found it. Okay. <laughs> That's our Would You Rather music, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's Would You Rather? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go uh, ahead, Steve. Okay, cool. Uh, so I've got a little bit of Would You Rather. All right. For us. Oh, God, where'd it go? There we go. <laughs> We're so good at this. Do it live. Do it live. Um, all right. So I've got three instances of Would You Rather. Are you ready to play? I'm so ready. All right. Would you rather have a tiny demon... That does one of these two things. Whenever you're about to start a movie or TV show, he just appears on your shoulder and whispers in your ear and tells you the ending. <laughs> or, or every time someone greets you, he pulls out just two or three of your leg hairs. 
Every time someone says hello to you. Mm-hmm. So who knows? You might end up hating people. I definitely am going with the second Some one because I love my TV shows way too much. I also decided that I would, I could get used to the pain, but I would never, I would go insane. <laughs> Absolutely. If you ruined everything for us, that's a no brainer. Yeah, no, not. Yeah. Maybe for other people, but all right. Would you rather eat 20 hot dogs or 10 pancakes? Uh, 20 hot dogs. I can barely eat one pancake. Yeah. I'd same thing. I don't think I could do the <laughs> amount of sugar. I just hate, I don't like pancakes that much. I can eat like half a pancake and that's nice. If I go past that, I feel sick. Yeah, I, I would also go 20 hot dogs. That sounds delicious right now, actually. Would you want mustard or ketchup? Mustard. Yeah, I think I'd also want mustard in the long run. <laughs> ketchup, if if like, if like I'd eat 10, let's say ketchup. But for 20, you want, I think you want mustard. Yeah, I think ketchup's like more filling anyway and salty. So, yeah. Yeah, it has more sugar too. So it would just expand. Charge you up. <laughs> These are important right. questions. Would you rather have Spider-Man's wall climbing ability, but it only works up to six feet, or have Spider-Man's Spidey sense, but it only works to tell you when someone near you is about to fart? <laughs> Definitely want the six feet of climbing because that could be used for a lot better things. I don't know. The fart sense thing <laughs> seems pretty good to like know that you need to vacate a room. How how much time does it give you in advance? It's like my spice, it's just tingling. Oh man, it's too late. <laughs> it's like, what good is that? I don't know. Probably about as equal as Peter Parker's where like his arm is tingling and his hair stands up and he's like, oh my God. And he looks out the window of a school bus and there's already a full alien spaceship that's been floating in the air for a few minutes. There's already an alien farting on him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that kind of level where he's like, oh my God, it's already here. Well, what this have we here? <laughs> my spider sense is literally as good as my eyes. <laughs> like literally, he could have he could have just accidentally glanced and seen that, but his spider sense alerted him. Oh, I know. Come on. It's pretty stupid. Come on. But yeah, that kind of spider sense, but for farts. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would you pick? Uh, I'm, uh, I'll go with the farts one. Oh, wait, I found it. Hello, what have we here? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, what have we here? Here. Good find German. Good find German. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> All right, go to the next one. Uh, that's it. I've got three. Oh, good. <laughs> Well, I guess that brings us to some wonderful trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. Here at A Play on Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. It's true. At the low end of the scale, we have Don't Waste a Match. This movie is so bad that I wouldn't waste a single match to burn you it. You sound so much more awake. 451 <laughs> style. And second from the bottom, we have so We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. We'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for A Play on Nerds. All right. Well, what do we got? Talk a lot. We do. God. 
You gotta learn all the ratings. That's true. I'm sure our longtime listeners are like, oh God, not again. <laughs> That's where they go and take their pee. <laughs> or push that 15 seconds ahead button on their podcast player. Tell us, listeners, what do you do while we're talking? <laughs> Actually, don't tell us. I don't think I want to know. <laughs> well, the first one I picked was Mortal Engines which I thought was Mortal Instruments, like that's a book series I've heard of, but this is something different, I guess. Yeah, this is something different. Gotcha. Mortal Engines, it's created by the art director of all the uh, Lord of the Rings films, all of Peter Jackson's films in general. Um, Right. I didn't get his name, but he's directing this film. (laughs) Um, So it looks fantastic. Uh, I know that much. Yeah, it's got, what, Hugo Weaving. I love Hugo Weaving. Uh, Are we going to play the trailer during the thing? Yeah, we're playing it right now, and I have a cut version of the trailer, so I like I normally do on the edited episodes where I have I cut out the pieces that aren't dialogue. So here's Mortal Engines. Oh, can we like live comment on this? Sure can. That Ooh. is London. Sixty minutes. I feel like this whole movie is like a steampunk sweat dream. To bring yes. Humanity. To the very brink of extinction. Ooh. Mankind mobilized. Mankind mobilized. The age of the great predator cities. Oh, gosh. Survival of the fastest. Hey, watch out! Hey! Predator cities. This is for my mother. Oh. Ask him why he murdered my mother. Hey, why'd you murder my mother? That's it. All right. That's Mortal Engines. You can't really tell much from the audio there, probably. No. But from what I can see, it's about a future where resources are limited. Cities literally become like mobile units eating up and scavenging smaller things or being predators and hunting other smaller cities for their resources. They literally grab a flying city and absorb it into themselves for some reason. (laughs) Right. And a young woman is aboard one of these smaller cities that's eaten... She has a vendetta against Hugo Weaving for some reason. The funny kid from Misfits is there. Robert he's not Sheehan. Doing, he's not doing funny stuff, so that's bumming me out. But he looks like he finally has a chance to like act, and like he's so good. I, I'm excited to see what he does with this. Uh, and they escape. They end up on the ground. They hook up with a different city. They're suddenly they're flying. There's a city in the sky. I don't. There's a lot in this trailer. It's a lot to unpack. It's a lot. They threw a lot on the screen in a very short amount of time. But it looks gorgeous. It does look gorgeous. You're not wrong. So what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give this one a give it a buck. This is not the kind of movie I would typically go see in theaters. 
but I would I'll get it from Redbox or pick it up on iTunes or something like that. I'm going to give it a will see because if it's more adult, I would want to go see it in theaters because it's just how pretty it is. And if it was something I could get on board with. But if it, I see another trailer and it seems like it's more like a, one of those Maze Runner teen type of things, then I have no interest. Um, oh, true. Or I'll, I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a buck. It down that right. Path. But uh, I'm hoping it's not like that. Um, so, yeah, it's a will see for me. Okay. The second trailer we bring to you this week is The Spy Who Dumped Me to stay on our spy theme. Yeah. Well, we talk about Mission Impossible. <clears throat> uh, and so, oh, oh here it is. That's right. going to start shooting. They all want what you've got, and they'll kill each and every one of us until they get it. Oh, my God. You gotta kill someone! I killed someone! Stop yelling! What are we doing? Are we going to sit in the corner all night? It's your birthday. I'm 30 years old. I wear a Hawaiian shirt to work. My boyfriend dumped me in a text. Let's set a shit on fire. Burn! Burn! Burn in the fire! We just want to talk about Drew Thayer. He's your boyfriend, right? Drew Thayer. I'm sorry, what? I know you're a spy. It's a long story, and I'm going to explain everything. It's in your forehead. Some bad people are after me, and now they're after you. If we don't deliver this package to the end, a lot of people are going to die. Do you want to die having never been to Europe, or do you want to go to Europe and die having been to Europe? Why are those my only two options? It will help, buddy. Is this really happening? An international terrorist group is planning a series of assassinations. A lot of innocent people are going to die unless we stop them. Will you trust us to help you? Light it up. This is surreal, and I honestly think I'm in shock. You are incredible, and I want you to own it. You have a real instinct for this. I do play a lot of video games. This is insane. Have you ever felt so alive? Just don't die, okay? Because I would die without you, and then we'd both be dead. Oh, God! Oh, God! Jesus! What happened? You two, Wells. What? You're the boss, and yet you have not sacrificed one ounce of femininity. That is the Beyonce of the government. Let to walk, bitch! Uh, so it's about a woman who breaks up with her boyfriend... And then is interrogated by the FBI or CIA because her boyfriend's a rogue agent of some sort. Her ex-boyfriend's a rogue agent. Right. So they use her to get close to him. But then she ends up mixed up in a crazy world with her friend, Kate McKinnon, who says funny things in his faces. <laughs> and it's Mila Kunis as the main actor. Oh, Mila Kunis. What did I say? I don't think you mentioned her name. <laughs> oh, Mila Kunis. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. Uh, and I don't know. This... I can tell you this is not something I go see in theaters. It seems like a pretty formulaic sure take my money. comedy thing. Like it's, but, yeah. Yeah. Give it a buck for me. Once again, if I already have, if it shows up on Netflix or HBO or something, I'll watch it. Yeah. Like we already saw Spy, which is kind of like this with the, uh, what's her name? Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. That was um, pretty funny. Yeah. And I, I really love Kate McKinnon and Mila Kunis. So I'm hoping it's really good. Um, but yeah, I give it a buck because I love watching movies like this at yeah, home. Yeah, give it a buck. Relaxing night with the girlfriend, watch a funny comedy action, female leads. That's great. And Jillian Anderson's in it, playing the CIA. Oh, head. that's true. I love. I her. knew that you. I knew that you love that when I saw it. She gets better looking with age every single. Oh, day. she's like a she's like a fine wine. Oh, it's wonderful. That's been kept on a shelf at the correct angle. <laughs> you got to keep it uh, uh, face down. 
Got to keep the sediment sitting just right. That's right. That's what she does every night. Bitch, she's got it sitting just right, Julian Anderson. <laughs> she hangs like a bat from the ceiling to go to sleep at night. So all the sediment goes to her head. Like Dracula. <laughs> I just walk in and I just say, Hello, what have we here? <laughs> I think what we're saying is that Julian Anderson is an immortal vampire. Yes, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think that's what we just established. <laughs> well, I think now we have some radical recommends. Yeah. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right, so uh, this week I'm going to recommend something it's, I just found randomly on Netflix. Okay. It's called Toast of London. Okay. And uh, I found that I reason I stopped to watch it is because I saw this actor's face and I was like, oh, I've seen him in something else. Another ridiculous British comedy called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is this really random <laughs> show I happen to find. Um, oh, I love that. Oh, you seen it? <laughs> you showed it to oh, me. Oh, that's right. Of course I, I've seen I must it. have a long time ago. But uh, so this he's he's the star of this show. And he's like this ridiculous British accent over the top every single scene. And he plays an, an actor who's aging and can't get good roles anymore. So his agent, who's this ridiculous woman who, who like goes gives him these terrible acting jobs. And he ends up like killing people a lot of episodes and like hiding it and running away. Um, it, you have to see it to believe it. And he also, at the start of every episode, he goes to a voiceover studio and they're asking him to voice over these ridiculous things. And he's like, they're like, okay, go, go ahead, Steven, start your, start the voiceover. And he's like, Ardvark, Aaron. He's like, wait, what is this? He's like, is this the fucking dictionary? And they're like, yes, it is a dictionary. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. It's you have to see it to understand. It's so weird. It's like half hour episodes. There's not very many of them. Um, it's okay. definitely worth. What's watching. it called? One more time. Uh, Toast of London. And the girlfriend Toast and I were crying watching it. So you should watch it. Okay. Well, let's take a look. What you got first this week? Uh, so this week I bring something that we also found on Netflix. Uh, so this is a true crime kind of thing, which is normally not my cup of tea. But we watched it and I just got hooked. It's called The Staircase. And it's about this quasi-famous author who, back in the early 2000s, accused of murdering his wife. Um, and it's this documentary crew that followed him through the entire process. Mm. Um, and it's in-depth. It's crazy. You get to see the defense and how the legal system works, which is its own kind of education thrown in along with right. you know, this movie. Uh, but And... and you know, the entire time, like I, you know, I personally, and I think Anna felt the same way. You, you think he is guilty. Like you think he did it, uh, but you also don't think he got a fair trial. Huh. Both at the so same it's, time. Right. It's this weird dichotomy that the film kind of leads, or I guess you as the viewer choose to take it. But like his, his trial was really questionable. Their evidence really was questionable, but we, we definitely think he did it. That sucks because they might not be able to pin him with it. Right, exactly. Uh, so he did end up getting convicted. Hmm. See, here's the other part of the trial. He gets convicted. He served, I think, eight years or nine years, something like that. And then one of the DNA experts on his case gets tried and convicted for messing with DNA evidence on multiple other cases. Oh, geez. Right, right. So his case gets thrown out. He gets released and then is then out for like two years on two or three years on parole, basically. Well, I guess I'm give too much away. <laughs> it's insane. But this is, but here's the thing. This is the other thing. This was all public record. A lot of people have little snippets of this because the trial went on for so long, but to see the whole thing laid out is incredible. That's kind of like with uh, the OJ Simpson trial was that there is pretty strong evidence that 
some of the cops screwed with the evidence to try to get him convicted. Um, right. Even though most people think he definitely did it, but they right. were messing with it and trying to make sure he got convicted and that could have screwed up the entire case. And it kind of did. Yeah, kind of did. Yeah. So there you go. Interesting. Um, the staircase. Yeah. The staircase. Highly recommend. I think it's like eight or 10 parts. Maybe uh, it is dark and crazy uh, and makes you doubt how the legal system works. If we didn't have enough doubt in that already. That's right. Um, so I, that's my recommend. And I think that takes us on to the thank you section. That's right. Thank you for being a friend. Yeah. Travel down the road back. So I did that record scratch because we don't have a thank you section this time because partially. Oh, you sons of bitches. Because Twitter is so terrible now with notifications. And we typically got a lot of our responses from things from Twitter, sometimes from Facebook. Right. Um, they spam you with all this crap now it is a newer thing um i've always recommended tweets that you might have missed and stuff so they bury any notifications of likes or retweets or messages to us and like so it's so hard to find i went back and found a couple from a long time ago uh i'm trying to fix it you you can't go notifications and turn that off entirely you have to just put over right. and over again see this less often it's so stupid so that's my <laughs> my thank you section twitter rant but uh, we all appreciate you guys. Please uh, email us in what you think of the Mushroom Impossible series. Anything we've recommended to you that you've watched so far on the show. Uh, anything else you want to tell us? Just feel free to shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or an email. That's right. This is, it sounds like we missed it. Also, thanks to Ryan from Positively Nerdy from that shout out on the Halloween episode. What? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Ryan from Positively probably, Nerdy. probably missed at least some sort of shout out somewhere. If you're still out there, Ryan, for Positively Nerdy, let us know because I'm worried about you, bud. Uh, your podcast is gone. Your website's gone. I heard about you on, on social media, so I hope you're all right. Please or let I us hope know you have you like are. a real good real life now. Right, because I'm just, I'm worried. Or we're jealous that you have a real life now. Well, he always had kids, but uh, he's just been gone for a while. He was our comic book sure. expert partially, too. and Yeah, he did. We did a few episodes of him, I think. Great guy. Yeah. So here's the problem. I programmed an outro, but I forgot to know when the actual outro starts. So what, what we're just, mean? it's playing right now, <laughs> but we just got to vamp until it actually starts playing the ending. <laughs> so we have to keep going? I think it's almost there. See, it's like, it's getting a little louder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it only has a minute left. So I think it'll okay. play that part at, where it recommends where we should get a hold of us soon. Thanks for listening to Play on Nerd. Hey, yeah, thanks. So we'll keep being your nerdy co-host if you keep being our... Stay nerdy, my friends. Stay nerdy. You know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Live show. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and... Whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. All right, so we got to figure out how to time that. We will, but uh, we'll see you later, folks. Thanks for joining us for our first live episode. We'll get it better next time. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try. (laughs) Thanks for listening.